Ladies and gentlemen, folks, welcome back to Schaefer's Market Mashup. This is your host, Patrick Martin, back after nearly a one-month absence that felt like way longer than that. Honestly, it feels like the Rose and the Titanic meme, where it's been 84 years. But anywho, I am back, and I've got my one of my favorite guests returning today, Adam Warner. Adam, how's your summer? Um, my summer's been good. Thank you. It's, uh, it's still nice out. I'm sitting outside. It's... Uh... I'm not looking forward to winter. I live in New Jersey, so it's uh, only a couple months away, but enjoying the nice weather while it lasts. Yeah, I always roll my eyes at people who around this time that say, I can't wait for fall and winter weather, and I just want to show them a picture of slushy roads and tires spinning out in the snow, and growing up in New England, winter is not something you look forward to. <laughs> yeah, fall's nice, but it just means it's about to get dark and frozen so exactly <laughs> yeah. and i feel like new england and especially new jersey falls they last maybe what two or three weeks tops <laughs> oh yeah yeah like the leaves fall and then the clocks change and it gets it just gets frozen <laughs> yeah it's miserable miserable adam you last stopped by in may to talk vix spikage but i have a first question right off the bat and i think you sure. probably know what, what it's going to be are the New York Metropolitans going to sneak into the wild card? Four games back from the Cardinals. I think you've guys got some tilts left against the Phillies. You can feast off the Marlins a little bit. I mean, you guys are even playing my socks, I think, for a two-game series. Can you do it? No. <laughs> I'm not confident at all. <laughs> I'm glad they beat, they beat the Yankees two out of three last week, but that's probably... Uh... Right, so they're, they lost. They're playing the Cardinals now. They lost two in a row, so that probably does them in. Like they, it, there's something like 17 games left, and they they just don't have it. It's just not their year. I mean, I don't, I don't know what will be their year. The uh, ESPN's running this uh, 30 for 30 on the 1986 Mets. That's that's much better than the 2021 Mets. So <laughs> I'm gonna stick with that. Yikes! I I saw that. What is it? The um the Queens. <laughs> Yeah, um, Once Upon a Time in Queens. Once Upon a Time in Queens. (laughs) If I I can recommend one thing, I recommend that, but it's like I'm literally, I think, the target audience to it, so. (laughs) I think if I showed that to my dad, he'd have a heart attack. (laughs) Yeah, I guess any Sox fan around my age. I think he's going to be skipping I would feel the same way. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, Well, as much as I'd love to make the entire pot about this, we do have some VIX talk to get to. We're stuck in basically alliteration paradise. September sell-off, September slide, September scaries, September seasonality. I mean, however you want to put it, as of September 15th, all three indexes are off by at least 1%. We're only 11 trading days in. The VIX is slowly coming to life. Meanwhile, uh, bounced off 16 to start September, and now it's flirting with 20. Um, September seasonality is a thing, sure, but is there something bigger at play here? I, I don't think so. Um, my, my personal opinion is we've the SP has bounced off the 50-day just forever. It seems it's it's got to be. A, a year now or so it just you know it trends up bounces off trends up violates a little trends up and we, we're just about touching it we're only down 
S&P is down about 2% off the high. The VIX is, um, interestingly, like the, I, I show an all-time average VIX of 1948, and we're right about there. So we're literally as average as possible. Now, it's higher than median VIX. So we were actually a little, VIX is slightly high historically. But um, I, I think until proven otherwise, I think it's just a little sell-off and a general uptrend. And I just don't see the smart bet being that this time is the time it all ends. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end at some point, but it's very hard to pick which, <laughs> which time that is. And I'm, my, my total guess is this is not the time. I think we're just a little sell off and it's gonna, you know, shuffle back up a little bit slowly. And that would be my guess. Mm -hmm. Blips happen. Back in May, we were talking about these dramatic VIX spikes that had happened. It's been more of a steady rise, at least in September. Do you think that means anything in particular, especially to what you're saying where this possibly is a blip? I suppose it's more bearish when it the VIX kind of meanders up like it's doing now as opposed to I think it's more bullish when it spikes generally speaking so in that sense maybe it's not the greatest but I, I just it just feels like you know like to me it feels like a pause and just a grinding rally and it's kind of the history of when you've had strong, you know, first six months, strong seven months, so on. The history is it maintains it for the rest of the year. And it just seems likely that that's the case. Like, you know, we had, um, you know, the recent COVID spike, which put a little fear into the economy. And that seems to be waning. This is my guess. I'm not, I'm not the greatest market prognosticator in the world, but my guess is, the you know, the VIX is probably... This is probably the high end of a range, and the market's probably going to meander and bounce a little higher. Right, especially after you start to see some reports that the Delta variant spike may have hit its top. Uh, vaccination yeah. rates continue to go up. Um, but there is that, that other boogeyman that is somewhat lingering, which is Fed policy decisions, especially as it pertains to inflation. Uh, that's surely going to reverberate through Wall Street. Do you have any thoughts on that and how it could impact the VIX and then the overall market? Yeah, I think everybody remembers, I, th I think it was 2013 when the last time there's a, I guess it was the, the taper tantrum and the taper talk and taper this, taper that. But mm -hmm. um, I, I, I think um, what happened in 2013 was it, they didn't prep the markets very well. That's my best recollection. And it caused a bit of a, a bit of a volatility spike and a bit of a market dip. And it seems like this time we kind of know it's coming, whether it's November or, you know, maybe it gets pushed back a little bit because the economy was a little weaker than they seem to have expected. So I, it, it seems like the thing with the Fed is more how do they manage the expectations as opposed to what they actually do? I mean, everybody knows they have to, they presumably have to taper at some point. If they don't, I suppose the economy has never recovered, but that does, doesn't seem likely. Mm -hmm. So um, they have to 
we know they're going to taper at some point and then somewhere down the road, they're going to start raising mates again. So I, I think as long as it goes kind of what everybody expects and there's no big shock, then I, I would guess it's not going to be a big driver of the market. And I don't think it's going to cause volatility. I, I, I might, thought on the Fed is generally that if they do what's expected and what's baked in, then it's not really going to have major effects on volatility. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree, especially because with the amount of Fed news that they offer between the meetings and the, the minutes, you know what's coming. They have said that they expect to be doing rate increases earlier than anticipated. Uh, you know, they, they adjusted the forecast from what was, I think, early 2023 to 2022. So, like you said, I think a lot of that stuff is baked in, and thus the hand-wringing that happens, I think, day-to-day is a little overreactive, I think. It does seem that way. I mean, I guess um, I don't have the greatest confidence in like, these inflation numbers because it's just like, Anecdotally, it seems like inflation is higher than the numbers suggest. But that being said, the, the numbers have tapered off. Is that the right word? They, they, they weren't as high. Uh, CPI wasn't quite as high as as they expected. So, you know, maybe inflation isn't that big a problem, at least as far as they're concerned. And um, if that's if there's not a real big inflation risk. It's not real likely that they get more aggressive because they're probably going to be more inclined to not, you know, mess with the, the economy. So it just seems like unless there's a big shock, it's not going to be a, a major, major event. That, that being said, they, uh, I, in 2013, I'm not sure of this, but I don't believe they had the press conferences. I think that came later. So there is probably, we do probably get more regular um, insight from the Fed. So it's probably less of a factor. You know, that <laughs> famous last words, you're going to see like some surprise and the market's going to implode. But <laughs> until until that happens, I, I really think it's, um, it's baked in. Yeah, I think uh, the Fed's increased transparency in the last six to ten years has helped markets because like you said there's none of these you know shock events that occur yeah like i remember i i don't remember exactly when this happened but one time um on a triple witch um bernanke announced something out of the blue and it it um it was between the time when on thursday when you know, the trading stops, and then on Friday, on the open, when you get cashed out, and there's some, like, monster move, you know, they made and lost traders' fortunes just on the timing of an announcement, so I don't believe they've done anything like that since then. Yeah, almost like they learned their lesson. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think this is going to be still a stay-the-course mentality, but in a broader sense... What sectors do you see becoming storylines to end 2021? I feel like this year or in the last 12 months, so many different sectors have had their moment in the sun, whether you look at energy, retail, small caps, 
you know, materials, commodities. What do you think, you know, take a dart throw out there as, as to what's going to be the, the storyline. I mean, I, I guess like the crypto, because it just seems like that's become so monstrous. So in any of these stocks that have anything to do with the, you know, like coin or just comes to mind. Um, I don't know. I think we're, you know, we're past the pandemic stocks. Um, I mean, I still have them on my screens, but I don't really have a good market theme idea. It's not, I, I, I tend to trade indices and um, volatility products, <laughs> mm-hmm. not too much. But um, so that, that's mostly what I look at. I guess I would say that the, small, the um, S&P grinding higher is kind of mass that the, uh, the small stocks have um, not acted nearly as well in the last half year. You know, they had a really good beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and um, they've, they've kind of, they, you know, they haven't made new highs, they've kind of spread water, really. That tends to run its course, so maybe, you know, the, that'll turn around and the, uh, the smaller, more aggressive names will start picking up again. That's, I wouldn't really put the ranch on it, because right now they're in a down, relative downtrend. I guess that's where I'd look to see if, like, that starts perking up again. Yeah, you know, uh, cyclical. You know, there's rotation in and out. And I think that's important for retail traders to remember is that, you know, just because something was the flavor of the month earlier in 2021 and it's not now doesn't mean it's going to continue to be consolidating. And, you know, yeah, I think maybe if you start getting a little excitement again, you know, we've been in maybe half a year of just, you know, the S&P grinding higher and some broader stuff not doing quite as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess to wrap up, uh, since I think the theme of, of this episode has really been the September doldrums, while notable, it's nothing to really kind of hit the panic button for. Uh, but at the same time, during these monthly slumps or seasonal doldrums, whatever you want, whatever term you want to use, what advice can you offer retail traders or new options traders who find themselves stuck in this little rut? Um. I kind of like the like the backspread strategy where you um, it's kind of a defensive strategy, but where you let a typical one is like you buy one put of a higher strike. Excuse me, you sell one put of a higher strike and buy two of a lower strike, and you get a credit for it. And um, if if the market goes up or flatlines, you you pocket that credit. It's mm-hmm. not going to be that substantial, but if if you um, run into like a volatility spike or a you know a market dip, it would probably be one of the same thing. You um, you don't have that extra protection, and the um, the spread can do very well for you, and it has unlimited upside and a real implosion, and that's not likely. But it's a good, it's kind of a cheap um, insurance policy because I, I think um, it seems like. That, that spread does the worst in a slow down move and right now that, that kind of seems like the least likely event it seems like the most likely possibilities are i think the most likely is a continued grind higher and the more likely outlier is like some acceleration on the downside mm-hmm. i just don't see like a slow downside at this point yeah in, in, in this episode, I've noticed you mentioned numerous times the word grind, and I think that is maybe an overall theme you can connect to for the end of 2021, maybe the next 12 months, is 
you know, the, the dramatic spikes that we've seen, you know, during the COVID phase are now being replaced by that more normal, gradual grind. Is that, is it wrong to say that? No, I think that's right. I think, um, just, uh, realized volatility in S&P is like, you know, having in the six, seven, eight range, which is like, it, it can get lower, but that's pretty low. And that, that's, um, that's kind of what we've been seeing most of the year, or certainly most of the last half year. And, um, that's not um, a real directional call, though, that when you get that, it tends to be in an up move. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it is just, it, it just kind of implies kind of a grind higher. And it also implies the VIX is a little high relative to the actual volatility we're seeing. Yeah, a more typical spread is something like, right, right now the spread is, assuming this VIX spike settles in a little bit, that the spread would be about 10 and a more typical spread between those two is something like four or five. So the VIX is a little elevated relative to the actual volatility. Great. Well, Adam, thanks for coming on. I think you, you provided a dose of realism, uh, you know, to everybody. Maybe you did help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So again, thanks for coming on. Best of luck to your Mets. Hey, if you guys do somehow slip into that last wildcard spot, I would love to have you on for an emergency episode, strictly Mets, and maybe stocks that baseball players can target, or DraftKings or something. I don't know, but we'll do a baseball-themed episode just for you. Um, <laughs> Mets going up against uh, probably Max Scherzer in a one-game series wouldn't fill me with optimism, <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, I think the best you get there is a participation trophy. Yeah, exactly. Adam, again, thanks, uh, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for having me. Cheers.